Jumbo. <laughs> like oh, mean Girls. Mean Girls. Great movie. It is Wednesday. Oh, yeah. We're wearing pink. I'm not. I lied. That's we're a lie. But you'll never know. Gray. Are you wearing gray or is that green? What? What color are you wearing? Wow. Tell me you what you're this wearing. Was gray or green? This is blue. Oh, okay. Well, you know what my excuse is? I'm not colorblind, I swear. <laughs> it's, I have the uh, Flux app on my oh. computer. So after dark, it takes out all the blue light. So you don't look blue anymore. Oh, there you go. You're like pink and green to me, like an alien. Oh my God. What if I'm an alien? <laughs> what if if only oh my gosh you know who i discovered and i know i'm well wait we need to first this. introduce our podcast oh yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> this is two girls, two one, girls ghost. one ghost and we are your ghosts oh wait <laughs> we'll get there fuck in this episode of two girls one ghost is sponsored by canvas people talk space hello fresh and simple health and we are your ghostesses who do this this is our 65th episode and still don't know how to do this uh, <laughs> that is corinne with the adorable laugh oh and that's sabrina the one who does creepy voices <laughs> what were you saying that's how we go now i want to hear all about your life okay tom daly he's from the uk and he is an olympic diver cool yes have you met him have i met him I, is i'm just trying to guess what you're trying to say well no oh. <laughs> but i was okay so our episode required me to go on youtube quite a bit mm -hmm. and in my recommended videos it was like you should watch tom daly's channel so i was like sure <laughs> he looks kind of cute i am obsessed with him i have watched probably two hours of tom daly's youtube channel what is his youtube channel what are his videos he does like just before recording i was watching the challenge he does like best friend challenge versus husband challenge and to see if his husband or if his best friend know him best it's just it's it's stupid <laughs> but i just can't stop watching oh boy i'll have to check it out in the time that yeah. i have or don't because you'll become addicted like me can i tell you how tired i am well this actually today i ate so much mac and cheese that i fell asleep in the middle of the day shocked actually was it left over from your friends giving because mm -hmm. you always make mac mm -hmm. and cheese every year your favorite and then I requested for my going away party that you make mm -hmm. mac and cheese. <laughs> I was like, do I send a box of this in like a Tupperware to Corinne? That would be a dream. <laughs> I'm probably going to make it again for Thanksgiving. So maybe I will do that. Speaking of Thanksgiving, why I just wanted to say that I'm so thankful for you and for our phantoms and everyone who listens. I feel like, I mean, this is one of the greatest times of the year just because we can relax a little bit and also reflect on all of the great things that have happened in the year and things that we're thankful for because Thanksgiving is next week. And I just wanted to let you know how grateful I am for you. Oh, Sabrina, you know I'm uncomfortable when you say mushy things. <laughs> and you know I'm but uncomfortable. But I love you and I'm thankful for you too. <laughs> it's literally... <laughs> You always like write out these really nice things and I'm like, yep, arrow up, same. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. Yeah. But yeah, isn't it crazy? I was telling someone about the podcast the other day and they said, it's so nice to hear that you guys created a podcast out of like basically love for each other and wanting to keep your friendship strong and keep mm -hmm. in contact with each other and have something shared. Mm -hmm. And it turned into something more. Yeah. He was like, it's so, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, oh my, it really is. You said you can't do mushy things. Look at you. 
Well, I'm repeating what someone else said. But you said it in a mushy <laughs> way, so it's still you saying it. Truthfully, I think about all of the other friends that have moved away, and unfortunately, I don't talk to them as much. Like, I talk to them once in a while or, or whenever they're in town, but, like, I talk to you almost every single day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't even say hi anymore. <laughs> it's just straight into conversation. We also share calendars, so we know what we're doing every minute of each other's lives. <laughs> Every second of the day, I can see when you have a haircut. I can see when you work out. Yep. I can see when you go to dinner, when you have everything. Speaking of my haircut, I love my bangs for multiple reasons. But the main one is that I no longer have to pluck my eyebrows because no one can see them. <laughs> That's a great reason. It's so also, wonderful. for those who haven't seen sabrina's bangs but they are in an instagram post because from halloween you had them you got them cut like right before you Mm -hmm. came they are so cute (laughs) you look like a young sandra bullock and it's your i think it's your peak your peak haircut (laughs) thank you it's your peak look the other day when i shower well every time i shower i like have obviously my hair goes back and i'm like oh i have a massive forehead no you don't it's just because you're used to seeing yourself no i think it's that i never really realized how big it was until i got bangs (laughs) <laughs> at this rate my eyebrows are going to be as long as my bangs because i haven't <laughs> you should just braid them <laughs> honestly i'm kind of considering it you could put a little bit of mistletoe on one <gasps> side some jingle bells on the other for the holidays my family would totally up. not think i'm weird all the cats would follow you i'm sure oh my if you had like God. little bells hanging from your eyebrows i should put catnip in my eyebrows okay what is catnip? It's basically... I thought it was like an herb. Yeah, I think it's like a the plant. same plant that marijuana comes from. So when people say that cats like catnip, what does that mean? It gets them high. Are they eating a plant and they're getting high? Basically, yeah. And people actively feed this to their cats? Yeah, they like it. Leia doesn't like it, but other cats do. So you're giving them drugs? <laughs> no, it's the non... Um, like, it's the different part of the plant that isn't the drug okay but it acts as a i don't know i don't know the science who am i how did this come about how did people say we're gonna crush up this plant and start feeding it to cats i bet you they saw cats like eating it and they were like oh cats like this it's like xanax for cats (laughs) except the opposite of xanax because xanax makes you chill out this week's episode is something very near and dear to our heart yeah (laughs) yeah it is and not that way and not that's not the correct expression because the the way you should have worded it is this is fucked up what's happening because it happens to us so often too often we are notified by you the phantoms who listen each week that there's weird crap coming through our audio and it's not just like the occasional clicking or buzzing which is like just totally us and our editing and microphones and equipment lack of audio technician skills (laughs) but it's growls it's voices Mm -hmm. it's laughter extremely disconcerting the nice thing for you and i is that we don't have to like be listening to it alone in the car and half the time we don't even notice them it's when other people are listening to the actual podcast alone by themselves and they like panic and text us or no one texts us they tweet us us, dm us message they email they dm and they're like uh hey what is that noise at specific minute because it freaked me out And the strange thing, too, is that when you and I edit, we often mute the other person's side of the track when one person is talking, like during a story, just so that, like, you know, our breath and whatnot is not (laughs) being picked Mm -hmm. up and being distracting. And so we do that in the editing process. And then 
somehow we miss these certain things. Mm -hmm. And also, I will say we've there's been a few others that you and I have caught and we've edited out. Yes, there have been they scare us. Yes, that's true. There have been a few occasions where I'll be listening to the edit to the audio while editing. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I send it to Corinne. Yeah, we both Snapchat every (laughs) time we see one. We Snapchat and it's like so it's just messed up. Well, what we're talking about, if you haven't gotten onto it, is EVPs. Electronic voice phenomena. Yes. It is where voices of the deceased, voices that are not within our realm, mm-hmm. are captured on tape, on recordings. Spirits. On video, ghosts, on whatever. Demons, fairies, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you, what, what have you. All entities otherworldly can uh, speak to you through EVPs. You know what? I wish we did. I wish we marked every single time we caught an EVP and just saved it in a track and then just played five minutes of creepy ass EVPs caught. Oh, my God. If anyone wants to offer to do that for us. If anyone has a spare 800 hours, (laughs) go for it. Please let us know and we will send you all the audio and you can dive in. (laughs) No, then they'll know how stupid we are and how often we look up how to say things. <laughs> We're only sometimes dumb. Dumb and dumber. <laughs> Our live show is great. I'll give it to us. I haven't listened because I'm full of shame. Oh, I was smiling the whole time while like, just like, because I listened through and edited a few of the stuff from the beginning from the uh, festival out. And then I listened through it and just made sure the audio was good. And I was like smiling the entire time because I was like, I was so proud of us. And then I was like, wow, I sounded, I because I blacked out, remember? So I didn't know what you blacked I, out through the whole thing. Yeah, like I came in ten minutes in, but you just were gone. Yeah, the I was whole time. gone. So I listened back and I was like, "Huh, good job, blackout, blacked out, Sabrina." <laughs> That's what we talked you about. You did good, girl. <laughs> yeah, I've been. I uh, we get emails when we have iTunes reviews, and it will just like recap the reviews from like mm-hmm. the past month or whatever. And I normally never ever click, and I clicked and I browsed, and then it put me in a bad mood. But most only people nice. one of them was bad. I looked at that exact email. I know, but it hurt my feelings now because the sun has gone away, <laughs> my seasonal depression's kicking in, and now I'm sensitive. You know what's funny is that I usually I I thought I was the only one who read those because I usually read them and then hide them from you. I usually like store oh, them into another folder. You gotta be quicker, gotta be faster. That. Um, back to EVPs, um, the guy who, uh, kind of made EVPs popular was a parapsychologist, Constantine's Rodive in the 1970s. And then do you want to know what the very first actual recorded EVPs were? Yes, I do. Okay. So there was this American photographer, Attila von Slay, I don't, I'm sorry. Okay. S. When you put S and Z in the front of a word, I'm not going to know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. I can't even begin exactly. to guess. Why do you do this to me, world? This photographer was among the first to explore voices of ghosts. And the first ones that he caught were messages that said, this is G, hot dog art, and <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you all. Are you kidding? No. What kind of cheery ass ghost does he have in his house? Talking about hot dogs and holidays. <laughs> I wish that our stories were that nice. Oh my god, we have freaking growls. We catch weird crap, and meanwhile, this guy has Santa at his house. <laughs> Deceased Santa. Yeah, I mean, we don't know Santa is magical. That's true. So we don't know what he does. 
he does himself. Maybe he hangs out around our house all the time. Wow. Okay. I love that story. <laughs> that should be that should be a children's book, a children's Christmas book. Oh, about the ghost of Santa? <laughs> Sounds depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and Santa's dead. <laughs> oh, sorry to all the kids listening. Santa's still alive and fine and bringing you presents this year because Santa's magic. Okay. What'd you pick? Okay, so this EVP, I mean... There's not when we're looking at EVPs, there's not a lot to each story because it's just a blip of either a word or a few words or whatever right. captured. So this one's a pretty short one. It's only four words, but it's kind of creepy as hell. Will you do a voice? Leave that girl alone. Ooh, I need context. Maybe I'll try playing it at the end. I don't know if the recorder will pick like the microphone will pick it up well because it's already hard to tell to really hear it on the youtube mm. clip that was my concern um, we'll i don't know if we're allowed to play those clips because we don't own the rights to them all right never mind you guys can look it up well what i was thinking is if we have the links to it when we post the episode we can put the links in the description okay we'll do that um scroll up for show notes <laughs> uh okay so this recording was captured during an investigation done by the American Ghost Hunters Group, and it was inside Erie Mansion, which is located in Clyde, New York. And the EVP is a deeper, almost like whispering, hushed slash growling, manly, masculine voice. As presented says, by Corinne a few minutes ago. But he says, leave that girl alone. So we're going to talk a little bit about the location. And who possibly said those words. Okay. The Erie Mansion is a bed and breakfast. It is open from March through November, closed for winter. And you can stay there for about $100 a night. A bunch of celebrities have gone there. There are celebrity photos on display in the upper stairwell. And that area is referred to as the spot that displays those who come to Clyde to hide. Ooh. Where is this? Where where in the world? New York. Oh. Erie, New York? New York, baby. Clyde. Oh. Clyde, New York. Clyde. Where is but that? But it's called the Erie Mansion because it's along the Erie River. Like, mm-hmm. it's right by the That's Erie That's what River. I was wondering. Each room is a suite and has its own... <coughs> oh. <coughs> Holy shit. I think I just heard an EVP, Corinne. I'm throwing up a ghost. Each room is a suite and it has its own private bath, so that's pretty unique and wonderful when it comes to bed and breakfast. That's definitely not something that every b&b has very nice this place is old it's large it's super pretty it was built in 1858 and it's twelve thousand square feet Mm. it is huge huge wow it used to be known as the smith ellie mansion but it was renamed the erie mansion just because it's right by erie canal i said river before but it's a canal okay it was constructed by the original owners the smith family for their daughter eugenia and it was built in a like a a talent i can't italian it style italianate i don't know know. we're not architects cue the emails from the architects (laughs) And the worst part is I looked up how to say this earlier and like was listening to the word being pronounced over and over again. But the, I feel like the more you listen to a word and the more you say a word, the more strange it, it sounds, sounds. So it, sounds it wrong. just gets in your head and you, you know, it's life. Yeah, that's life. And I did realize, though, that I can't tell the difference between a lot of styles. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's 
like old Victorian colonial, like which are two totally different yeah. styles. Yeah. So I can't really tell the difference. But it it looks like um kind of like to me a house that you'd see in New Orleans that would also remind you of the house in the movie. I went on a date with the president's daughter. Oh my God. I love that movie. (laughs) But yeah, so they made it for, they created this house for their daughter and the daughter married Charles Ellie, hence the name of the mansion, Mm -hmm. which was originally the Smith Ellie mansion before being the Erie mansion. Very creative. And very creative. And Charles was like super rich. He owned one of the largest glass companies in the world at the time. Glass? glass wow it's it's those things you don't think about you know have you ever gone to see glass blown yeah they do it in well i'm from burlington vermont and the hippies live there and so people blow glass all the time it's so beautiful it's one of those things it's like cappuccino art Mm -hmm. where i just don't understand how they have any control over how it happens yep and somehow they do and it makes no sense cue the emails from glass blower architect (laughs) glass blower architects (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely their job okay so he was super rich and they lived in the home for two generations so their family members lived in the home they just kept passing it down who wouldn't want to live in a twelve thousand square foot home i don't know well if it's haunted i wouldn't that's a lot of rooms to check i'd live in it if it was an open floor plan i'd be more inclined to but when every room is separate i get scared (laughs) you get scared recording this podcast i do (laughs) um uh, oh that was the grudge noise that was scary (laughs) that's my thinking my (laughs) thinking noise evp the family lived there for two generations but then they eventually moved out the family sold the house and it was used for uh to house essentially veterans and low income it was used as low-income housing. And in 2006, it was put on the market again, and it was on the market for two years until Mark Wright purchased it. And he made some changes like adding bathrooms to every single room to make it comfortable and made it into a bed and breakfast spot. It has 43 rooms in total. It's three stories. It has gold leaf wall coverings, parquet floors, mahogany antique mantles, 12 fireplaces throughout that is my dream dream. right and then a bookshelf next to each one if only floor to ceiling bookshelves of course Mm -hmm. and hidden rooms behind those bookshelves yeah and i want the ladder that attaches to the top of this you can just zoom over to the next that's my dream there are 23 chandeliers there's stained glass carved woodwork throughout the bathrooms have jacuzzis and steam showers and saunas And the outside has large, tall columns in front of the house that you have to pass through to get to the front door. And there are also sculptures of angels outside that are in front of these columns. And a widow's walk on the roof. It's just, it's super grandiose. Damn. And there is a sign outside in the front yard that says, Airy Mansion B&B, historically haunted. I mean, come on. They said it first. I'm not accusing them. I love when they own up to it. Just fess up already, all you hotels and bread and breakfasts. Did you say bread and breakfasts? (laughs) I don't know what I said. (laughs) It has a lot of antiques inside. And if you look at pictures, it without a doubt looks haunted. It's absolutely haunted. I just pulled up pictures. It's 
there's this one like long wide shot of it that makes the house kind of like kind of pop out at you which is super eerie eerie mansion baby um sometimes i like write my own banter in and then i'm like that that would i do that too because you're talking to yourself while you write it yeah yeah and i also noticed that i was telling my roommate this the other day that when i type you know in television shows when someone's typing and they're saying like a monologue out loud or like their thoughts are recorded over it and their facial expressions are super extreme and you're like that's overacting you do that i absolutely do that in real life yeah like hardcore Mm -hmm. i was writing my blind spot outline and i can't spoil anything that's happening because it's going to be on tv but there's a whole action sequence and i was acting it out while like typing it i was like and this happens and i like punch kick and i was like doing all the (laughs) acting while writing it you get into it yeah okay so oh my god how do i say this i'll I'll just say it there's a coffin there's the coffin that they use as decoration yeah how do you say that what i'd written it in a way that eased into the coffin but i'm just gonna (laughs) say there's a coffin and if you look at pictures online i'm pretty certain that the one of the coffins or the coffin is intended to be used as a coffee table i'm not sure it looks like it's a coffee table but it's a coffin. It's a white coffin. So they have interesting things in the Avery Mansion. And when Mark Wright took over the mansion, there had already been talk of its hauntings. And the local people would come and they'd stop by regularly and talk about all the ghost stories at the mansion. And then the renovation workers experienced some odd things while working there. I'm sorry. I just pulled up a photo of this coffin. And the room is like dark green and there are black curtains on the wall. It is a vampire's room. This is a mansion that you would walk in and you'd go to the front desk to check in for your bed and breakfast. And as soon as they bring you to your room, you'd be like, oh, yeah, for sure there's going to be a ghost sitting and watching me at night. Yeah, like for sure a vampire is going to come in and suck my blood tonight. Yeah, so if that's the kind of thing you're into, no judgment. you should definitely go to Clyde New York. <laughs> so the renovation workers were there when Mark Wright obviously bought the mansion and was trying to restore it. And um, the workers reported hearing and seeing strange things. And it spooked them so much that one worker even refused to be in the house alone. He's like, I'm not working unless someone else is <laughs> in the house at the same time as me. Like, there's no way. And I don't really blame him for it because when I was doing the research and watching YouTube videos and investigation videos and what have you, there were some investigators and mediums who had gone in there and were attacked and scratched Mm-mm. and just like felt generally unwelcome in the mansion. So I think, too, if you're doing renovations and the spirits maybe don't know that you're actually trying to restore it to its original state, they might think you're just making changes, right. unwanted changes, and they uh, act negatively. Ghosts are notorious for hating change. They are the worst at transitioning, mm-hmm. which is ironic. Because they're dead. Well. Well, no, actually, that's fitting because they haven't been able to move on. Yeah, because they didn't transition. Yep. It all makes sense now. Now we cracked it. (laughs) We cracked it. Okay, so originally Mark was going to have this home as his own private residence. He was going to have all 12,000 square feet to himself, and he was just going to restore it to its original state. But after he heard about all of the paranormal activity that people were telling him about and that the workers are experiencing and la 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 
he thought that it was best to open up shop and let others experience the hauntings with him. Hence the bed and breakfast. I mean, hey, it's better together. I'm like, was this his, was it, and I don't know him, and I've seen a picture of him, and he looks like a very nice person. But I did wonder, was it done because he was fearful of being in the house alone? Or was it done because he was like, oh, this is really cool, and I can make some money off of these ghosts? I feel like it sounds like he wanted company because he was scared but then the added benefit of making money off of it isn't a negative right i think if i was stuck in a haunted house i too would want other visitors same people coming in mark's dream is to one day make the bed and breakfast available to rent for the entire night so you could rent the entire bed and breakfast not just one room but essentially the entire mansion along with a full staff so you'd have a full staff it'd be totally like you're living back in the day like a rich person damn yeah i mean maybe rich people live like that today but i don't know any so should i get married there do that just rent out that whole place (gasps) yes but i'm not staying in the mansion we all have to sleep in coffins surprise (laughs) welcome to my wedding i don't know if i would be like oh this is typical or be like really really mad at you i mean who said you were invited oh ouch i literally just told you i was depressed and treating me (laughs) you know i love that's the worst review i've gotten so far (laughs) (laughs) okay so he wants to make it so everyone can stay over but for now it's just there are seven bedrooms that you can stay in and he has decorated them all in a certain way like some are a little bit more macabre than others some have animal skins and skulls and and rare snakes and bugs from foreign countries etc etc very delighting yeah very wonderful i take it back i'm not gonna have my wedding there he also was very kind to the ellie family slash smith family because he kept up a lot of their family photos he really wanted to make it still feel like their house and like what it was back in the day but he also brought in many antiques that he collected through his travels all over the world so it's kind of like a hodgepodge of old stuff cool perhaps i'm thinking maybe some of these antiques have a few spirits attached to them i bet you're right being what i'm saying Uh, Paranormal activity includes pictures and other items being tossed off of shelves or thrown from walls, voices, doors opening and closing on their own, weird sounds coming from the halls at night, apparitions floating down the halls and around the top of the staircase, and several EVPs. And the EVP captured that I imitated in the beginning of this that says, leave that girl alone, is a man's voice. But whose voice is it i don't know you tell me i will but first let's talk about the few deaths that have happened on this property and in this house first of all the parents of eugenia so mr and mrs smith Mm -hmm. they both died there and then eugenia and charles ellie both died there and reportedly several suicides have also occurred here Oh. Um, another tale tells of a cook who was beheaded by an angry servant. I'm sorry. I don't know why I laughed. It's not It's not nice. What? Yeah, basically two staff members got in a fight and one of them beheaded the other. Because that's the natural conclusion for a fight. I mean, if anyone's seen The Haunting of the Hell House. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. No one gets beheaded. Oh, okay. I was like... I'm just saying, maybe... Maybe their reactions aren't so natural because something else might have been in the house. 
kind of driving them to insanity. Mm. And staff spends an awful long lot of time there, you know. That's true. You know? Uh, so supposedly the body was found by the Ellie family when they returned home from being at it on an out of town trip, but the head was never recovered. Wow. So that's a big question mark. Yeah. Where'd Maybe the head it go? was buried on the property. Maybe it was thrown into the uh, Erie Canal. Maybe he ate it. Or that's really gross. I didn't think of that. And it took me a second to register what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to move on, but we need to stop and pause. <laughs> oh, my God, Nick. Holy shit. That scared me. That scared Leia, too. He's going to laugh what hysterically he when he comes in. So... <laughs> He went to, we did laundry. We started laundry before we started recording and he went to go move it from the washer to the dryer. And so he, on the outside of our apartment, came and banged on the window and his little face is in the corner of the window. That's not cool. Get out. Go away. And then he just was staring in the freaking doorway. So back to the EVP. Maybe it's one of the people who died there, one of the family members. Maybe it is the cook who was beheaded. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps it was one particular family member, hmm. Bill Ellie, because he was suspected to be a serial killer. Oh, what? Numerous women went missing, and it's believed that all of these women were lured into the mansion and killed by Bill himself, who was a descendant of the original owners. And Bill traveled a bit as well, and it's thought that he killed women in all of these locations outside of Clyde, basically wherever his travels took him. He would find women and kill them Whoa. and the police finally gather gathered enough evidence against him and they were going to move in and arrest him and bill suddenly dropped dead and he was only in his 30s but rumor has it he didn't just drop dead they think he or people say he hanged himself in the mansion to avoid prosecution um, prosecution which would mean he was definitely guilty yeah well okay sorry to clarify, so people don't get angry. That doesn't always mean, but based on the situation, it sounds like he was guilty. It's Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he was guilty. And the police gathered enough against him. And I, I don't know if death follows you wherever you go. kind of makes me wonder. I mean, maybe he beheaded the guy and the other cook didn't. Yeah, we don't know. I don't have enough details, so we can't conclude anything. Let's go. Maybe Let's that go was his first him. taste. Uh, when American Ghost Hunters, so that's the paranormal investigative group that was there that captured the EVP, mm -hmm. when they were there, they captured at first what they thought was the whimpering of a young girl. So then they encouraged mm -hmm. the little girl to come forward and to talk to them. And that is when this infamous EVP was captured, stating, leave that girl alone. Yeah. So almost immediately, people were like, okay, this is for sure the voice of Bill Ellie. Right. He's still controlling and still tormenting his victims, even in the afterlife. Jeez. And there's really not much available online about Bill Ellie or about the murders, but it sounds like people are fairly certain that he's around and that a bunch of his victims are also still in the mansion. There was uh, one individual who wrote about their experience online. They were exploring the mansion in an investigative tour. And then this person and their friend went down to the basement and spent about 15 minutes down there, just like poking around and seeing what was down there. And while they were there, all of a sudden this light began to appear. And it looked like, as the witness describes, a spider web, like a glowing Whoa. spider web. And then three more appear. And then they start to take the shape 
of human heads <gasps> and they're wearing an expression that makes them look like they're screaming without what? any sound. And they just start floating and kind of bobbing around the basement. And then suddenly the heads were gone, including along with all of the light. And the friends were just left in darkness. They were just Whoa. standing there in darkness. Do we think and those the are the victims? Thing, we're getting there. But first, the odd thing is, is that only, so there were two people in the basement on this tour and only one of them saw the four faces and lights dancing around. And the other one was just standing there in darkness the whole time. Like, I don't know what's going Whoa. on. I don't know what you're seeing. That's weird. So then super weird because it's like they chose to just appear to this one person. Right. Even though two people were present. So they the people go back upstairs and they actually walk by the owner, Mark Wright. But they were a little too nervous to tell him what they saw and they didn't want to freak him out. So they just told the group leader of the investigation instead. And to their surprise, the mystery was pretty immediately solved and the ghosts were identified or what they believe to be the ghosts because four women all sex workers had been murdered by bill ellie beheaded it kind of goes back to that that cook cook theory and buried in the basement so four heads dancing around four women beheaded do they have they ever found the bodies of the women he buried I don't know. And this was a hard one to research because it's just the same article pretty much that's reposted on all of the mm, different sites. Right. So I really had to dig, but I couldn't I couldn't find anything. But apparently Mark Wright, who owns the property, owns the bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. is like super, super game for telling everyone everything <laughs> and like talking about the ghosts if you ask, if you want to know. Like when we went to the Omni Parker and the first thing I asked the waiter was... So, do you have any ghost stories? No, it was, he asked what we had, what we wanted to drink, and I said, do you have any mulled wine? And he said, no. And then he looks at Sabrina, and she goes, do you have any ghost stories? <laughs> <laughs> Always ask. So, yeah, that is um, the EVP from the Erie Mansion. Whoa. And you should look it up. It's hard to hear, as many EVPs are. Right. But. But you can always I mean, tell that there's something being said. Right. And I feel like if you have advanced enough technologies or knowledge in audio engineering, you can probably download the audio and like play around with it to like try to um, isolate that specific sound. Pretty creepy. And I really want to know more about the murders, but I couldn't find much. I think we'll have to go. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. And the answer is no. Oh, you would just tried to trick me <laughs> Karen did a whole like big smile and like brought her head up and then was about to bring it down and shook it now you have been voted off the island <sighs> I'm not going I vote myself off the island I'm not going I'm going home <laughs> have I ever told you I had a survivor birthday party when I was I think I was turning six and my sister was turning eight and we did a joined birthday party so it was her friends versus my friends and we were on different teams. That is so fun. And we like we had the like tribal your tribal has, been, has spoken and like we had those tiki lights, torches, and they oh my would gosh, at, my parents so actually put the lights out. <laughs> That's so official. It was very fun. And then we slept in tents and Such then I got thing. scared and had to sleep inside. You should do that again. Let's do it. I'll fly out. Okay. Also But the book club that I joined, we're talking about in the next few months. It hasn't, we're not doing it yet because it involves some planning, but they want to do a, like read a murdery book 
and then do a murder mystery party as our book club meeting. My dream. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. I was like, yes, 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 yes. But who has to plan it? Uh, I don't know. Whoever's hosting it, I guess. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun. I know. I'm pretty stoked. You'll have to keep us updated. Okay. Okay. EVP pick from you. I'm going to save the EVPs for the end. Oh, okay. So I'm doing the Hellfire Club. High up in the Dublin mountains is Montpelier Hill. And there are all these really cool short forest trails that you can hike on. There are lots of doggies out there. Corinne, you would love it. Um, But then when you get to the very, very tippy, tippy top of the hill, along with this gorgeous view of Dublin, is the site of one of the most notoriously dark sites in Ireland. It's a place where myth, legend, and history blur, where truth is a little bit stranger than fiction. It's an old hunting lodge. Where the Hillfire Club, where the Hellfire Club met. So, this sounds really nice. Except for Hellfire has to do with the devil. I didn't think about that. I was just like, oh, they raise hell. It's like a biker gang, you know? <laughs> kind of. Like Sons of Anarchy, baby. Kind of, but like in the 18th century version where they hang with Satan. Oh, and they actually kill people left and right back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was like murder. Yes. Party. And they were stinky. And it was like, yeah. This is the place where in the 18th century, the Hellfire Club met to practice Satanism and make sinister pacts with the devil. And before that, we'll start in the beginning. So 12,000 years ago, during the Neolithic era, which is the Stone Age, the hilltop on Montpellier Hill was a Neolithic passage grave, which is just burial chambers covered in earth or stone with like a single narrow entrance. So it was just like a passageway of burial grounds okay yes built into the hill and uh enter a greedy man and he got to the top of the hill and he's like oh damn uh i want this land for myself so what did he do his name is william Connolly. he was the speaker of the irish house of commons at the time and he was also one of the richest mans in ireland so he decided to destroy the graves completely and then use those stones to build his uh dream hunting lodge so yeah, so he does this, and he's building his hunting lodge, and a lot of the locals were like, damn, William is going to be cursed by the pagan gods. And they were proved kind of right, because when the building was finally constructed, there was this really big storm. I think it was 17, uh, it was 1725, and there was this big storm, and it blew the roof off of the building completely. Wow. So they were like... Wait, who are who were the people that were buried? Uh, Neolithic era people. Okay, okay. Because it kind of reminds me of all of the grave site issues with Native Americans in America. Yeah. All their grave sites are always being built on top of. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think that is. It's not an antiquated idea that still happens every day. Mm-hmm. There was that school. Remember, they were breaking ground for a school recently. Oh, yes. And they just kept finding body after body after body. And people were like, you can't build a school there. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. Or at least figure out who those people are and have their own descendants and people give them the proper burial elsewhere. Even still, that school is going to be... For sure haunted. Yeah. So this place was already haunted from the start. And all the locals were like, yeah, okay, pagan gods are smiting William Connolly. Right. And other people were like, he also offended the devil himself. 
But Connolly was like, whatever, that's fine. And so he just built a stronger roof and kept going with his life. And then all of this stuff is happening and it's like the Hellfire Club, which I'll talk about in a second. They're like, oh my God, this is our perfect place for us to meet because God hates it and the devil loves it. So the Hellfire Club, they originated in London in 1719. It was founded by, I believe his name is Richard Parsons, who was a known dabbler in in black magic. And King George quickly outlawed it, but you know how people are. When someone tells you no, you just keep going. So It makes you want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Dublin's Hellfire Club was a place for wealthy young gentlemen to drink, gamble, hire prostitutes, and uh, engage in more degenerate activities like animal torture and Satan worship. Their motto was Fe que I took French too. Fe to voudre. Do what thou wilt. To basically do whatever you want. Okay, how about no? Like, yeah, <laughs> worship Satan if you want, but as soon as you involve animals, like... I know, some of this gets sad with what they did. One of the Dublin club founders was Richard Parsons, and... Uh, he was the Earl of Ross, I don't know, and also the sh- the Sheriff of Dublin was also a member. So it's like, if the law enforcement is a part of this club, how do you control it? You don't. Right. They get away with yeah. everything. Well, you can't. Exactly. So they decided to go to this hunting club, and they bought it from William Connolly, and they used the cursed location to do they're crazy things and this building was so remote in such a remote area that the stories Mm -hmm. and like activities were very private but then it got so intense that everyone started to hear about it and there are many many stories one of the stories is that late one night a priest went to the house to see what was going on like he was just curious and he was like i'm gonna go sneak up there at night and see what's going on So in one version of the story, he walks into the house and at the center was a huge black cat with ears so pointed that they resembled horns. And it was sitting in the chair that was reserved for the devil himself because at every meeting they had to have a chair reserved for the devil in case he decided to show up. And the priest immediately sensed evil and the cat-like figure started snarling at him And so he threw holy water on the cat and it turned into a devil-like figure and ran outside. And then it burnt down part of the building as it left. Like a big flame kind of shot up out of it as it ran out. Why would it burn its own building? I think it's just like the devil's so hot he burns accidentally. I don't know. A display of power maybe. Or that, yeah. Uh, In another version of the story, he found – this is where it gets sad – He found a black cat that had been sacrificed. That seems more plausible. Mm -hmm. And then so in this version of the story, he like blessed the cat's spirit and like tried to do like a blessing to let it be free. Oh, let it go to heaven. Yeah. And then, ugh, ugh, this one's bad too. In a third version of the story, the cat was like, I hate saying it, was doused in alcohol and set on fire. Oh, no, 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 no. I know. And then another story about the Hellfire Club at this hunting lodge um, is a story called Burn Chapel Whaley. So in 1740, one of the principal members of the club, Richard Chapel Whaley, 
was at the hunting club enjoying one of their black masses, which is basically when they like sacrifice things for Satan. Mm -hmm. And uh, a servant accidentally spilt a drink on Richard Whaley. And so Whaley doused the man in brandy and set him on fire. And the servant ran through the house, grabbing tapestries and trying to like smother the flames. But instead, the fire basically burnt the building. But it's this thick stone, so it didn't burn down, but it burnt the inside of it, what was in it. And Richard Whaley apparently was like so wealthy and he was well connected and he was so good at like trying to, he was just very schmoozy and could talk his way out of things so Mm -hmm. he no one ever got him in trouble for that but eventually he was taken to trial because he stabbed another man and then there are tales of black masses and human sacrifices there's one uh where apparently the club members kidnapped killed and ate a farmer's daughter whoa that's extreme yes And then the most famous story involves this mysterious stranger who wandered into uh, the Hellfire Club's meeting during a card game. So he like walked in as the game was going on. And at one point, a player dropped his card and bent down to look under the table for the card. And when he looked under the table, he realized the stranger's legs had cloven feet. And then when the stranger was confronted about it, the stranger just vanished into flames. So it was Satan. So it was Satan. Just checking up on the boys. Uh-huh. And eventually, with all this fire happening at the Hellfire Club meeting, they had to leave because the place was like burnt so badly. And they stayed in the area and they moved just down the road to the steward's house, also known as Kilaki House, which is also or was also owned by the Connolly family at the time. And then their level of activity kind of waxed and waned throughout the time, throughout the centuries mm-hmm. until it finally dissipated completely. But the spirits are all still there. Wonderful. And there are stories all over London and Ireland of Hellfire Clubs meeting in other places. I think there's like in England, there are a whole, it's called the Hellfire Tunnels where they met underground and there's like ghosts in those too. They're everywhere. I want to know how many people were a part of this club. Who knows? I guarantee they didn't keep great records. No, no way. They're like, let's drink and kill. So today, many visitors report strange paranormal activities, a feeling of pure evil at Montpelier Hill. And um, now people just call the Hill Hellfire Club because it's just so infamous. And visitors who walk through the ruins have reported an entity pulling on necklaces, bracelets, anything that you're wearing like clothing and sometimes it'll be so hard that like they'll break whatever you're wearing off of you oh yeah other people have reported seeing a ghostly black cat um people have heard the screams of a woman who the story apparently goes that she was set on fire and rolled down a hill in a burning barrel during a satanic ritual oh this is such extreme it's horrible torture it's hard to listen to. i know sorry And now I'm going to get to the scary EVPs. So there have been many paranormal groups and ghost hunters and ghost tours that have caught EVPs while at the Hellfire Club. And the most common one that almost every group that has gone has gotten is get out. Because ghosts love that word, those two words. 
Um, there's the Irish Paranormal Investigators group who have a clip on Facebook with two audible EVPs. The first one definitely says get out. And then the audio distorted and I was listening to it with the headphones in and I had, you know, like that sound where you have to rip your headphones out because it's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so shocking. Yeah, that was how it was. I like seriously was listening like, <laughs> um, and there's another one that's kind of hard to figure out what it's saying. It sounds kind of like cool. Cool? Maybe or cool or gruel. Oh, mean girls, gruel. Kip's investigation group went twice. The first uh, video, which we'll put in the swipe up for more. Um, Kip's investigation, they went on July of 2011, and they got a bunch of sounds. So there were there was like banging on the walls while they were in there, and it got picked up in the audio, and they're all like standing around. They're like, this, is, this isn't us. Someone's banging. Eek. And there's this high-pitched scream, and... One says, others. And then there's one part of the audio that they said they couldn't figure out, but I for sure heard get out. It's just repeated again. Uh-huh. And then they went again on this video from March of 2012. And again, clear as day, it says get out. And then at the end of the audio, a voice says, take one of us. <gasps> no. I know. And Ghost Adventures also visited the Hellfire Club. And if anyone wants to watch it, it's season 10, episode 5. They also went to Lep Castle and uh, the Steward's House, which is where Hellfire Club moved to after the hunting club. Um, Mm -hmm. And, or Lodge, whatever it was called. But they caught lots of strange noises. They caught a disembodied voice of a man. And throughout the entire investigation, Zach and Aaron felt a constant flow of intense negative energy. And as Zach attempted to enter the sacrificial room, Aaron felt the need to stop him from doing so. Like something was keeping them from going in there because it's probably the darkest. Aaron stepped forward. There were unexplained noises like glass shards moving and pebbles being thrown. Oh, they caught a ball of light coming out of the ground. And then as they were walking through a hallway in the building, Aaron was grabbed by something with long, sharp nails by the ear. Ooh, oh my God, no. Uh Ew, long, sharp nails? Yeah. That you can feel that in a phantom touch. That freaks me out. So do you want to visit Ireland's Notorious Hellfire Club? You can because it's uh, public land. You can go do hikes uh, up there, and then walk through the ruins at any time. Well, not any time. It's open between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. April through September and 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. October through through March. And this group, Authentic Ireland, offers tailor-made travel packages where the itinerary revolves around must-see destinations, one of them being the Hellfire Club. And you can check out their website to do haunted tours of Ireland. And that is the Hellfire Club. Okay, yeah, um, it sounded really lovely when you first started, but <laughs> this is not a place that I will be actively pursuing. Yeah, no, me neither. It sounds beautiful, and it's the land is historic and dates all the way back to the Stone Age, but I don't, uh, don't think I'd go. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the new Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, because for anyone who's watched it, they do a lot of like the black mass where they go and do, they don't do rituals really, but they have 
meetings of their coven. And it reminded me of that, like a place, like it reminded me of the place that they meet. And they worship Satan. Yes, that's, that they do. Oh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was great. I love that I show. I love it. I love how dark it is. It's very dark. Uh-huh. It's very different from Sabrina to the Teenage Witch yes. version, mm-hmm. which was totally a sitcom. Family-friendly version. Yeah. <laughs> I have the comic of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on my desk at work. Well, it sounds like you need to read it. It does. I'll do it. You got a listener story for me? Yes, I do. Okay. This is called Spooky Restaurant Stories and EVPs. Hello, lovely ladies. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. You remind me of me and my best friend, who's also ghost-obsessed and approximately 800 miles away from me. I have tons of stories, some sweet, some scary, but for now, I'll focus on one location and all of my experiences there. So my best friend, Rachel, who I mentioned earlier. Oh, the friend that's 800 miles away from her. Oh, So my best friend Rachel and I loved ghost hunting at local cemeteries and restaurants. There was a restaurant we often frequented. I'll leave out its name because I'm pretty sure they don't like ghost stories being out there. I like how they she says that she's like that her and her best friend are like us, except for they're way braver than we are because we don't go ghost hunting. So much braver. There was a restaurant we often frequented that seemed packed with activity. The restaurant is in a suburb of Hartford, Connecticut, where I'm from, and supposedly used to be an inn where many infamous people stayed, including George Washington. It's very very old so it's no surprise that the rumors spread about hauntings i have a few different stories but i'll tell you the strangest one first we went there when we were about 14 and 16 with our mothers we were waiting to be sat as it was quite busy and rachel and i were standing in the entryway leaning against the wall to the left of us was one of the dining areas which donned a large fireplace I was drawn to this man who was standing in front of the fireplace. He stood out because he was wearing strange, older-style clothing, a full suit, and was standing, looking around, with his hands clasped behind his back. He was very large and had dark hair, and I was drawn to him, and I could see Rachel looking at him, too. At some point, Rachel crossed the entryway to talk to her mom. While she was over there, that man turned and walked towards me. It's hard to explain, but as he was walking through the crowd of people, none of them seemed to acknowledge him. They weren't really bumping into him, and there was no effort for them to scoot around him. Hmm. It was as if they didn't notice that they were passing somebody. Because he wasn't there. When he got to me, he locked eyes with me. He had a fixed smile on his face that seemed appreciative, and he kept smiling at me and walked into the other side of the restaurant to my right. Still drawn to him, I watched him walk through the bar area, and to this day, I have no idea how to describe this without sounding stupid, but... He was walking, and then he simply wasn't. I thought I must have been seeing things because he had just been walking. And Rachel came back over as I'm looking over there, and I explained the whole situation to her, starting with, you know that man who was standing in front of the fireplace? And Rachel looked at me and said, what man? Oh, my God. And Rachel insisted that there had been no man in front of the fireplace and that she would have noticed. And I mentioned that I thought I saw her looking at him, but she said that she had simply been looking at the waitress near the fireplace who she thought she knew oh my god as we have this whole conversation we are still facing the other side of the restaurant waiting for him to come out of the only exit right by us but he doesn't we decide to investigate and we can't find him anywhere 
We looked into the area he walked in. We snuck into the men's bathroom and we found a window that looked into the kitchen, even snuck upstairs into the dark room to overlook the party in the back. He was nowhere and there was nobody even remotely dressed like him. And it seemed to me as if this guy was some out of place spirit from the restaurant's in days. <laughs> and for some reason, he had only appeared to me. And smiled at her and was like, I'm glad you can see me. I can totally picture like the older man, like the hands clasped behind his back. My grandpa does oh, that all the time. Totally. Just stands there with his hands behind his back, just like smiling and observing. Yep, kind of leaning back and forth on his toes and his heels. We also had other experiences there, including this creepy, creepy EVP I'm about to share. After the experience with the man, we always brought recording equipment with us. That's awesome. At the time, I had a camcorder that would take still pictures while recording audio. I used it all the time to take pictures since I didn't have a digital camera. Yes, this was before smartphones. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. One time we took the camera into the women's upstairs bathroom where we continually felt creeped out. I took a picture of Rachel washing her hands and it turned out mad creepy. I showed her the picture and we started laughing all while the camcorder was doing its strange audio recording during picture thing. We thought the picture was really creepy, but simply attributed it to being weird lighting. We went back downstairs to the dining room, and I was watching over the videos slash pictures to see if anything showed up, and I gasped because I heard something off. Oh, no. Rachel and I went back upstairs to listen to it in the quiet hallway, and we were floored. We went back into the bathroom, and like the debunkers we are, tried everything we could to replicate the sound that we heard on the camera even though we hadn't heard it at the time of the recording nothing we did could replicate it and we knew we had one hell of a creepy evp you hear us laughing and then you hear something else and i listened to it and it's like uh i don't really know it's kind of like a weird like scream growl oh god should i play it yes no but yes i don't know how i'm gonna do this and capture the sound I'm going to be scared. Why am I doing this to myself? I, I want to take my headphones out because I'm nervous. Okay. So they're they're going to be laughing. So there's a lot of laughing, but then there's something else over it. Ready? Okay. <laughs> oh, I have chills. <gasps> yeah. And the picture of her friend is really, really scary because her hair is like in her face, but her features are kind of like darkened and her eyes are just like these black sockets. It's really scary. Wait, okay, this video, that's her? That's her friend? That's her friend. That's so scary. They thought it was just the lighting, and so they were like, oh, that's funny. But it's actually really scary. It's horrifying. Yeah, and with that sound, I'm not a fan. (gasps) And then she said that they caught another EVP in the basement of the restaurant, and it comes right after I say eating too much, (laughs) and it's a strange echoing voice that wasn't there at the time. Hmm. On a more lighthearted note, my mom and I were once in that same upstairs bathroom and had a full-on conversation with a ghost via a paper towel dispenser. We started realizing that it was going off not when we were in front of it or near it and proceeded to sit in the bathroom like fools for over five minutes asking it yes or no questions. And it would only spit out a paper towel and we asked it a question. And we would even test it by saying do it or don't do it. And I realized it could have been the paper towel machine glitch, but it never happened before or after that. And it would have been a crazy coincidence the way that it was only going off when we asked it to. And we wasted a lot of paper towels. (laughs) 
Hope you enjoyed these and that the crazy moaning EVP didn't creep you out too much. Too late for that. Way too late. See you on the other side, Jenna. (sighs) Wow. That sound is scary. Uh, yeah. And the picture makes it worse, the visual. Yeah. Even though it's just her friend, but, like, the lighting is just messed up. It it really looks like out of, like, a... It looks like special effects in a horror movie. It does. It does. Jeez. It's like when someone's getting, like, taken over and they look up after washing their hands. They look into the mirror and then they look, like, almost, like, dead. And, like, possessed. And they panic. Yeah. Like, see themselves as, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that gave me chills. I like that. I wonder what the history of that restaurant is, and like what in it was, and who were the spirits that are there, and right because so it curious. seems pretty haunted, and some seem to be happy and jolly and hanging and by the fire, and then yeah. others seem to be a little more scary, I don't know, aggressive. Yeah. I like to think of the paper towel ghost. I like to think that's a real ghost. It's like, hey, I can communicate through this. Realizes what the sensor does Mm -hmm. and is like, okay, I got to wait for the next person to come into the bathroom (laughs) and try this out. It's interesting. The old man in the suit, I love that they chased him like through a window into the men's bathroom. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's interesting too that she felt such a like strong attraction to him from the beginning that, I mean, I understand that he like stuck out, but he, he must have had some sort of aura about him where she was just so curious about him and was watching him. Yeah. And it's, it's always so interesting to me that ghosts can like appear to just one person and then they also know that you can see them. It is. It's very selective and it's interesting. And it makes me wonder if they choose to be seen by one person or if it depends on someone's level of openness at the time yeah i don't know okay what do you have okay this is from molly subject line is spirit portal haunted house and ghost children hey corinne and sabrina my boyfriend and i have listened to the podcast since the beginning he was a bit of a skeptic of all things paranormal except for aliens he's terrified of those uh we quickly became addicted to the show and we never miss an episode I've wanted to share some of my stories for some time now, but, you know, life always gets in the way. So I'm making it a point today. Since I was very young, like the age of three, I've experienced the paranormal. Growing up in my parents' house, there were always things going on from sounds in the hallway, feeling like something was watching you, especially in the basement, to things being thrown and moved, and just more disturbingly, seeing the ghost of a man that had passed away in our house. Just for reference... My parents' house is set up like this, front door into a big living room with a hallway to the left. At the end of the hall was my room, and then to the left of my room was my brother's room, and to the right of my room was my parents'. Now next to my parents' room was the bathroom, which was directly across from my brother's room. Sitting in the living room, you can see straight down the hallway to everything. One night, my mom fell asleep watching TV, like many nights, and was woken up by a sound. She looked down the hallway and saw a man walk from my brother's room to uh, across to the bathroom, but she didn't see the light come on. With only the glow from the TV, she got up to see if maybe it was my brother, but she found no one. Everyone was asleep in their beds. This freaked her out so much, she later discovered that a man who wasn't very old, maybe 30, had had a brain aneurysm walking from what was my brother's room across the hall hall to the bathroom years before we ever lived there, and he died instantly. Wow. So that's something residual hunting, which is sad. Yeah, and also brain aneurysms are the scariest. So scary. In the world. I know. 
As you can see, my curiosity into the paranormal started young and followed me to this day. When I was about 25, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment with apartment with my husband and two small kids. They were three and two at the time. It was a small apartment, maybe 700 square feet, and our bedrooms were next to each other. One night, when everyone had gone to sleep, I heard something that to this day, just thinking about it, chills me to the bone. You see, around this time, I was heavy into watching ghost hunting shows and researching about hauntings and anything paranormal. I even signed up to take a ghost hunting class with my sister. I think this might have opened me up to more than I was expecting. So that night, I jumped out of my bed at what sounded like little kids running up and down the hallway, playing and laughing. As a sleep-deprived mom, you could imagine I was not so happy hearing this. I ran to the door saying, you better get back in bed, you two, expecting to see my kids out of bed running around when they should have been sleeping. But instead, I threw open the door and I found nothing. My blood felt like it froze as I opened the door to my kids' room. I found them in a deep sleep. I walked backwards out of the room, back into my own, and put the sheets over my head. I still have nightmares of that sound when I remember it to this day. The last story took place around the same time when I was about 25 while taking a ghost hunting class. The class was given by two women. I was going to say, what is this class? Uh Uh-huh. I would love to do a ghost hunting class. That sounds fun. I know. This class was given by two women. I'll call them Katie and Julie for their privacy. Both who had many, many years of experience with the paranormal. And Julie was also a medium that helped the police force solve cases. At the end of the class, we did a ghost hunt at Katie's house that was supposed to be quite haunted. The house was built on old Native American burial grounds and had this Christmas tree farm around the perimeter perimeter of her property, which also was supposed to be very haunted. As we're going through the through her barn listening to her talk about the property and what spirits are there me and my sister are taking a bunch of photos and recording for evps we go up to the top floor of this creepy old barn and there are just a bunch of hay bear hay bundles just stacked around we all gather around julie the medium as she tells us about the side of the barn she believes is a spirit portal i have only heard that one other time and it was at my parents house but i'll have another story for another time as we listen to her try to make try to make contact with any spirits and see if they come through i'm snapping photos all over the barn this is back in the 35 millimeter days not so not digital yet i start feeling sick like the air had gotten thick so thick that like it was trying to drink greek yogurt through a straw Ooh, that's scary my sister and i went downstairs to see if that would help and to ask a few questions to see if we we could record anything so my sister makes a quick joke as we ask questions like who is with us what is your name As I asked, do you like us being here? We later heard on the recording, when we listened back to it, a voice saying, I like you here. I like you here. I like you here. It was in a soft whisper, almost like it was between the two of us at the time. We were both shocked. It was the first EVP we had ever caught, and I took comfort in the fact that whomever this was wasn't upset we were in their space. A week after I took the film to be developed from that night, one of the photos left me speechless. The photo was one I took up at the top of the barn as the medium was trying to connect with any spirits that were there. This barn had no electricity, but you see the medium sitting there with her head down trying to focus on the side of the barn, which is the same side that she believed had a spirit portal, and there's this huge white mass coming from the floor, almost creating like a rainbow into the barn. It looks like several things on top of each other, to which I cannot explain. I know what I saw when I took that photo. Nothing. Julie's sitting with nothing else around her. So my arms have goosebumps sending this photo to you. See you on the other side, Molly. Do you see the photo? Okay. Yeah, I did. And now I clicked out of it because 
it's late and I can't be looking at ghost photos at the moment. But it doesn't look scary. It's like gold and glowy and seems like I know. positive. It, yeah, you're right. And it's kind of, yeah. And it's like over the Her. person in the photo. Yeah. Kind of like an arch over them. It's really interesting. There there are definitely orbs in it, too. I really like that it's a friendly ghost. I know. I like you. I like you. I like you. There's this um, movie. Shoot, what is it called? It's a bunch of different scary stories in one movie. It's like the video or the video, whatever. I can't remember it. But there's a mm-hmm. one ghost story where the creepy girl goes, I like you. And she's like staring. I like you. Oh my god, this sounds scary. So Nick and I always say that to each other. This one wasn't like that. This (laughs) one was nice. (laughs) No, yeah, this one's a nice version of that. But Nick and I always say, I like you. I do wonder about whether it's a residual haunting or if the man's uh, spirit is still in the house who had previously passed away in the house. Oh yeah, at her childhood home, I wonder. Because the act of like moving through that same kind of motion, like, the same walk to the bathroom or bedroom right. or wherever that makes me think it's a residual haunting but maybe that's just but the I, one time that they saw them saw him and there might be yeah, others that's true that's true yeah the children laughing that scares me because that's because i mean even when you have your own children i'm sure like in the middle of the night waking up to that she was like frustrated but to go outside and be like oh those weren't my kids where the heck did that come from is terrifying yeah Although, do you think do you think we leave residual energy in our lives because of like whether things are so good and positive or bad? So, like children being so happy and laughing and running around, could that leave such a strong res- residual energy because it's so happy that she heard it in the middle of the night? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know the answer. I was actually thinking about something semi-similar the other day because i'm super scent oriented and sometimes i'll get blasted by the scent of someone else like Mm -hmm. you know how each person kind of has like a distinct scent yeah and i'll smell people like people of my past but it's not it's not like someone's wearing the same cologne and they're passing me in the street it's like i'm in my bedroom and all of a sudden my bedroom fills with this certain so interesting and it always makes me think that something's happening to that person that they're going through like some change or having a really tough night yeah but it's usually people that are like exes and stuff so you're you're not exactly reach out and say are you alive are you okay yeah i was gonna say have you tested it but that would be weird be like hey i know we haven't talked in so many years but you cool well there was one person that i got his scent multiple times Mm -hmm. and i didn't reach out but like a couple years later, he messaged me and said that he had like he was there was stuff going on and he oh. sought help somewhere and is now better. Whoa. But I was like, I bet those exact moments were, yeah. were something big. It's so interesting how I mean, you and I very clearly have different experiences with things like that. Like yours are almost way more physical, but mine are always in my dreams. Like I have dreams about people and I'm always right if if someone's going through something i have a dream about them and i text them the next day and i'm like are you okay and they're like no yeah it is weird i wonder why i wonder if it's just like it's almost like superpowers yeah are we superheroes i think so do you want a cape or no cape i don't want a cape i get weird about things being around my neck okay i want a cape because i love choker necklaces 
See, I like choker necklaces, but sometimes like certain t-shirts, it makes me feel like I'm getting choked. Interesting. I don't know what it is. Hmm. I did freak someone out the other day. <laughs> it was a, a first date, actually. Oh, my God. I, that's the other thing I love about sharing a calendar is I know when you're going on a date. And then I label them for you, too. <laughs> yeah. I think it's date number seven. I go on. <laughs> but I just got this feeling that we had, that I had the same birthday as this person. So it's like, when is your birthday? And he was like, why? And I was like, I just I just think we have the same birthday. And we were like a couple days apart. So it wasn't the same. Yeah. But he was like, how do you know? Or how did you know that? And I was like, I didn't. I just felt it. Oh. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, my God. I got to go. Got to go. See you never. <laughs> it's so interesting. It is. And it's so unexplainable. And we don't understand. And I really don't understand residual energy that much. Me neither. At all. And does anyone? Because do we really know what anything is? No, we're all stupid. We're all just dumb little nuts living on this rock. Yeah. And on that note, if you have insights or stories or whatever you want to share with us, you can email us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Tell us your superpower. And we have a live show coming up January 13th yes. at the Hollywood Improv. It's a Sunday. It's going to be so much fun. Please come. So uh, we are selling out tickets pretty fast. So. Yeah, some one of the tiers is already sold out. So go to the website, check it out so that you can get your ticket. And then support us by donating to our Patreon or buying merch. We have all kinds of fun things for you to represent us. Rate and review us on iTunes. That's another way to do it. And then we also have social media. Did we already talk about this? Oh my god, my brain. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's it. And we will... See you on the other side. Very spooky.